Before I talk to Peter Detroit, author of a new book called The Stellenbosch Mafia, and we talk about how it works this evening, I want to read to you an old column. It was published at 10 past one on the 24th of March, 2010. So nine and a bit years ago, Clem Sunter um, writing on News 24. He says, it's an ironic twist of fate that so far the real beneficiaries of the ending of apartheid are the people who were supposed to have benefited from it while it was in existence, the Afrikaners. During the years of apartheid, there was a culture of entitlement among the folk. With a good education, you could end up as a cabinet minister, top civil servant, head of a parastatal or a senior executive in an Afrikaans-owned business like Trust Bank or Sunlum. If you weren't so privileged, you could get a job on the railways as an artisan, join the ranks of the army or police or work for the municipality. After 1994, all these expectations came to an end. Suddenly, the Afrikaners were out of power. They had to take a leaf out of Steve Biko's book. You're on your own and you'll have to fend for yourself. And they've done so fantastically well. I was told the other day, writes Clem Santa, that the fastest growing element of the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, a company is owned and run by Afrikaners. The whole coast of north of Maputo and Mozambique is now a string of safari lodges and dive shops established by entrepreneurs from Pretoria. The list goes on and on. And he goes and he talks a bit. And he says, I conclude with the question, do you think Jews, Pakistanis and Chinese people perform so much better on other people's playing fields than on their home grounds? They know the result depends entirely on their own efforts. And Afrikaners have managed to make the psychological adjustment without having to emigrate. So let's move on. Um, do, you know, do you know that can't be the toy? I mean, I'm sure you've, you've, you are, um, of course, intimately involved at News24 as editor in depth of, of news. But I, I recall that uh, going through your book, um, I just recall that column from, from, uh, uh, from Clem Santa, the great Clem Santa, and just saying, you know, Mafikanas did very well, uh, probably better after apartheid ended than during it. Uh, good evening, Bruce. Yes, now I do remember that column, and I, I, I think you know I, I know I also quote it in the book, uh, and it, it's a it's a it's a fascinating story, isn't it? Um, it's it's so complex given our country's history, given our country's present, and given our country's future. Um, to look at that story of, if you want to call them this homogenous group of Afrikaners, um, and where, where the story comes from. And, um, you know, in, in the book, I try to put Stellenbosch's role into perspective, um, uh, given this journey of Afrikaners in the business world. And, you know, I, I find it quite fascinating, fascinating to, uh, to see where it all started. Yeah, I mean, I've always been maintained that there there are a disproportionate number of billionaires in Stellenbosch, and it's got to do something with the fresh mountain water that flows underneath its streets. But maybe there's a special feng shui that happens in Stellenbosch. Must be the wine. Uh, maybe that's the maybe that's the secret. It's the Look, wine. Look, it's um, there's there, there's a study, and I and, and, and the name of the institution that did it escapes me now, but f- that found that if you look at the universities and the number of millionaires and billionaires they produce, uh, the University of Stellenbosch is act- actually number three. Three on the list. Wits, the University of Witwatersrand is number one. University of Cape Town number two, and and Stellenbosch comes in at the paltry third. So so it's not as we would believe that it's the the richest area in the country or the richest per square mile in the country. Uh, Johannesburg still tops the list. Uh, uh, Durban isn't far behind, but Stellenbosch has has taken on a mythical hue over the last couple of years, especially since uh, the term Stellenbosch Mafia, which which I think. 
initially was uh, a term of endearment or a, <laughs> a joke amongst financial journalists in the early 2000s. Uh, it became a loaded and weaponized political term over the last couple of years. Loaded and weaponized. Have you traced the origins of it? I mean, who was it who first, as far as you can tell, came up with I, this term of the Stellenbosch <laughs> Mafia? Because they call it the Stellenbosch <laughs> Mafia. They call it the Boscia Nostra. The, the Bura Mafia as well. Bura uh, Mafia. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, thanks to the, the, the wonderful, uh, the wonderful uh, 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 technique of deep googling uh, and I might be wrong that the earliest uh, I could find a, a reference to to the Stellenbosch Mafia was on a, a radio interview that Alec Hogg did with, ah. uh, with uh, 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 one of your market analysts uh, David Shapiro David Shapiro possibly yes, and, uh, David Sh- it yeah. was and they referred to Pete Bayer uh, from Venfin um, and oh. then uh, uh, David Shapiro said uh, he's part of, this, of, of the Stellenbosch Mafia of, uh, a group of people People, uh, who have moved down or either are from Stellenbosch and uh, and work in the Remgro or Rembrandt orbit, and that was 2003. Okay, so David Shapiro, we'll track it back to him and see where he found out about the Stellenbosch mafia. Who are these people? To coin a, a, a Ned Bank advert from roughly that same sort of time, who are these people? Well, Bruce, it's a, Stellenbosch is a, it's an interesting place. Um, there are a, a number of groupings, I think, that you can, that you can discern. Uh, the, the, the main group is the, the originals, the original money, the old money. And that, that basically revolves around the Ruperts, around Rembrandt slash Remgro, uh, their offshoots, uh, which includes, uh, Mediclinic, uh, includes Distel. Distel obviously came from the old Distillers Corporation and Stellenbosch Farmers Winery. And then you've got the, the Incomers, uh, the new money, um, which uh, which which denotes uh, companies like PSG, Yanni Maton, of course, moving down from Johannesburg after he lost his position at Sienekal, Kitzhoff and Maton uh, up here in Joburg. Um, and uh, the new money is 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 you know as far as I I, I would argue is is the Capitex. Uh, PSG, um, those types of companies, and also Steinoff that came to a to a to a crash a year ago. Um, and the difference between the incomers and the the old money is that uh, is 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 what people tell me is that uh, the 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 old money doesn't blink, uh, does, doesn't shine, doesn't shimmer, whilst the the new money shimmers <laughs> quite a lot. Um, so you've got the incomers, the originals, um, and then you've got the different generations as well. You've got a younger generation of 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 of, of Stellenbosch. Uh, m- m- Members of the so-called mafia, you know, they're in the mid-30s, uh, early 40s. They, uh, they, they did get a good education. Most of them went through the same residences at Stellenbosch. They, they're all closely linked to the first rands, Capitex, PSGs, those types of, uh, of, of, of companies. And, uh, you know, they're in the very privileged position that they, that they can often, uh, uh, manage and play with, uh, with money that was bequeathed to them. By their very successful uh, uh, fathers. Now, okay, so take me back in this because how much of this mafia, and we use the term loosely, is to do with yes. the Bruderbond, which stems from Afrikaner mm. nationalism, which itself stems from the way Afrikaners felt after mm. the South African War, the Boer War, the Anglo yes. Boer War, whatever you want to call it, when Afrikaners were mm. felt marginalized and, um, and dispossessed by mm. the fact that mm. Britain won that war. Well, that's exactly where it starts, Bruce. It starts in, in, in just after the South African War, which was known as the Boer War, the Anglo-Boer War, where the, the old Transvaal Boer republics were subjugated by the British Empire. Um, you know, many of the, the, the farmers or the Boers lost their jobs and farms and livelihoods. And, and Stellenbosch became the spiritual home of, 
of Afrikaners. Uh, you know, the, uh, Transvaal, the Free State, was pretty much destroyed. You know, we're not even now talking about the black population who played such a big role in the, the conflict, but who were just left out. But Stellenbosch in those times did become the spiritual home of of the kind of, of, of social uh, and political resistance to, to English domination. It, uh, it saw the establishment of a university uh, just a couple of miles north of UCT, which the government back then tried to, 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 to stop. And out of this, uh, Afrikaner nationalism was born. And out of Afrikaner nationalism, uh, this desire for Afrikaners to show that they could also compete on even footing in the economic sphere was born. And out of that, someone like Anton Rupert was born, who I argue was the the very first big Afrikaner industrialist. And incidentally, uh, he was a member of the Bruderbond, uh, Bruce, and uh, he was he was part of a, of, of a grouping that presented a paper to Hendrik Vervoort. Uh, Hendrik Vervoort was part of a study that Anton Rupert was part of. Um, and and there was a feeling, and, and this might, this might, this might uh, 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 you know, jar some people today, but there was a great feeling amongst the Bruderbond that perhaps quotas, Afrikaner quotas, should be introduced for business um, so that the, when the state does business that there are certain quotas that they have to fulfill uh, <laughs> and work with only Afrikaner businesses. Now, Anton Rupert was a, a staunch opponent of this. He said, you know, um, if, if they're going to spoon feed Afrikaner businesses, they'll never be able to stand on their own. And in the end, um, this idea of Afrikaner quotas for, for the state was, was eventually discarded. Uh, and Rupert uh, resigned his, his, uh, his, his membership of the Bruder um, he, he had famous run-ins with Verwurt over a good couple of years. His son, Johan, had a number of run-ins with P.W. Boerta. Um, so, so the Bruderbond, although they, they, they've always been there, uh, and I'm very sure that their, their tentacles uh, also reached into the business world, someone like the Ruperts uh, were uh, totally, you know, they, they, they weren't friendly with, with the Bruderbond. Uh, yeah, um, but again, it becomes problematic because of Anton Rupert's links to the Bruderbond, and that's why Johan Rupert gets a, a rough ride nowadays, and that's why he is seen as this bastion of white monopoly capital, and why this idea of the weaponizing, if you like, of mm. the, the term Stellenbosch Mafia becomes a populist war cry, if you like. Well, well, Anton resigned his, his, his membership quite early, if I'm not mistaken. It was in the early 1950s where he said, look, it's, if, if something happens in secret, he doesn't really want to be part of it. And he actually had a very fraught relationship with the National Party. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting whilst researching, especially the Rupert's history, you know, given the name, um, you know, the Rupert's still remain. If you talk about white monopoly capital and RET and, 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 and all the rest of it, like, we, like we're hearing every night on, on your news bulletins, um, you know, Rupert is synonymous with that, um, and he took great care in the interviews that I conducted with him to try and, you know, I don't want to say struggle credentials, but he took great care in explaining um, that when he was younger, he was opposed to apartheid. You know, that explain, he felt uncomfortable with it. Explain um, this apparent friendship between him and Floyd Chivambo, um, which um, the EFF mm, is 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 struggling very very hard to distance yes. itself from now. Just, just give me some clarity on on what. What is really at play here? Mm, I can imagine the difficult conversations that he's had with uh, Julius Malema. Look, it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, obviously. You know, the, Many the, friendships the, are. Uh, the, 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 the relationship between members of the Stella, so-called Stellenbosch Mafia, uh, or the Stellenbosch Mafia, um, is such that, you know, they obviously want, they are concerned, uh, 
are about their business interests. Obviously, they're concerned about the economic interests of of of, of their immediate surrounds, their 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 companies, and you know they're also concerned about the future of the country. And they uh, the, the way that they put it to me was that we need to remain we need to retain links to people like Floyd Shivambo in order to try and and I'm saying this in uh, inverted commas educate them about how the real world works. Mm. Um, so it is, it's a, it's a way of influencing them. And obviously, you know, from Floyd's point of view, you know, he went to, uh, Johan Rupert and GT Ferrara and asked for support for a project that he wanted to, uh, to launch in Limpopo. So, you know, as, as with everything in life, what, what people often say in public and what they do in private are two different things. Yep, um, it certainly is. And it's, it's a fascinating insight into this grouping of incredibly wealthy people who live in a very small geographic area. We're speaking this evening to Peter Dutoy. He's the author of a brand new book called The Stellenbosch Mafia, Inside the Billionaires Club. He's also the assistant editor of In-Depth News at News24, and it's a delicious it, – I mean, it, it's, it's delicious, it is. Um, <laughs> the old guard versus the uncommerce, and can you ever really be a member of the Stellenbosch Mafia? If you're an uncommer, if you are a newbie, if you are a Marcus Juster, were you accepted? And then suddenly, oh, no, he was just an uncommer. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Oh, there was going to be detractors. Dion Kotze on my Twitter feed this evening. Uh, Peter Dutoy, the author of a new book called The Stellenbosch Mafia Inside the Billionaires Club. Uh, it says, you guys sound like some jealous Crimea River. Oh, yes. And here comes the white monopoly capital in the conversation as well. Well, that is the conversation, isn't it? I mean, it is yeah. how these guys have become such mm. a dominant economic force. It's through blood, sweat, tears, connections, mm. collaboration over a long period of time. The old school tie, the old university network. What is the thing, what is the glue that binds these people together? Quite often it, uh, it are the, you know, it, it are these old networks, school networks, school ties, uh, university ties, you know, they, a lot of them stay in the same residences. Uh, 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 Yanni Maton and, uh, and Paul Harris was in the same residence. The, the ShopRite guys was in the same residence. Many of them went to the same schools. Their children go to the same schools. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a physical proximity and it's, it's also, you know, we have to look at these individuals as as business moguls you know you know they are unique individuals in their own right so i think it was the confluence of a number of factors that just worked in their favor um if you look at the history of the remgro empire empire which 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 runs very closely to the history of the first rand rand merchant bank history which flows into psg uh, which flows into capitec you know so it's 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 these all these individuals from the same from the same uh, time period, from the same uh, educational uh, environment, that you know just worked very hard, but were advantaged, I suppose, by by the period in which they in which they established their businesses. You know, the, we can't get away from the politics in in this country. When you talk about economics, you need to talk about politics, and when you're talking about economics, you need to talk about our history as well. But you're right. You know, lots of hard work, lots of blood, sweat, and tears. Did get them to where they are now, but you know, just to refer to 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 the to the person on your timeline, it has become a loaded political term over the last couple of years. Yeah. If we look at the Bell Pottinger assault with with uh, with 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 the assault on social social media with disinformation campaigns, you know, run and organised out of London uh, uh, with the with the assistance of the ANC Youth League and uh, Duduzane Zuma, you know, trying to counter the state capture narrative, you know, Rupert became the the target of that. 
um, and we, we, we simply can't get away from it. No, we can't. I mean, a great definition, of course, of the upper crust is it's a whole bunch of crumbs just held together with a bit of dough. Um, Ken Owen, in his uh, one of his last columns, may have been his last comment uh, column, he was talking about how Afrikaners have been effectively trapped by apartheid and had gone into the mm. civil service and how many mm. English business people before mm. them had been the civil servants and mm. in 1948 they were replaced so they had to go into business mm. for themselves so the business environment in South Africa was largely English speaking, the white business mm. environment largely English speaking and then Ken Owen said, well just like the Afrikaners have pushed the English speaking people out of the civil service and into their own enterprises and why they'd become filthy rich Afrikaners, the same was going to happen to them as a new generation of black technocrats were then pushing Afrikaners out of the civil service. And I mean, there's a lot of that sort of politics where necessity has been the mother of invention in many cases. And in so many of those cases, these young Afrikaner upstarts, uh, the disruptors, if you like, of the first 25 years of our democracy, have seen the opportunities that the new South Africa presented them and have exploited those opportunities economically. Well, absolutely, and uh, you know, it's you just you, you you just need to take a look at the at the top forty index of the JSE to see where some of these companies feature. I mean, you know, if and I do it in the book, and I you know the numbers escape me, but if you look at the the amount of of the, the the market capitalization of the companies that are associated with this members of this mafia, the so-called mafia, it's a large chunk of the JSE. Um, mm. You know, and uh, the next generation are already busy. If if you if you walk around Stellenbosch, it's a it's a it's a very tech-savvy town. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, if we talk about the fourth industrial revolution, there's a lot of youngsters working in that space. You know, obviously they they have the advantage and the privilege of of the support of the old guard of the old money um, being supported in their endeavors you know they fail and then they try again and, and there's a lot of that about town uh, there's a there's a there's an innovative area outside of Stellenbosch called Techno Park where you know just driving around there that's where Capitec are building their massive new campus which looks like the Discovery Building in Santon it's oh. truly enormous um, and and there's there's a lot of these small companies working in the tech space working uh, in in services working in financial services you know trying new stuff um, and it's quite impressive to see but it's a it's a it's a place that um uh, that 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 is a bubble, Bruce. It's it's not the real world. It's no. not the real South Africa, and it's that's my criticism of the town is that it has isolated us. It has managed, uh, in many cases, to isolate itself from the rest of the country, from the from the realities of the rest of the country. And and I think there's a lot of them that uh, that want to keep it that way. Um, you suggested that there were several factions, if I can use that word, of the mafia. Is there one mafia? Many mafias. Is there one Godfather? Are there many Godfathers? <laughs> well, th- there's the, there's the, there's the big bogeyman, I suppose, in the in the eyes of the EFF and and uh, and Julius Malema, who referred to Jan Rupert uh, when he addressed President Cyril Ramaphosa a couple of weeks ago when he was elected president, um, so he's the he's the almost spiritual leader of this grouping. But he denies that he's uh, even involved. He's, he's you know, he seen says, he's seen as this guy. What does he yes. claim to play a role? Clearly, he tries to wield his influence and his power. Well, he does. Uh, Remgro certainly is, is a company around which the town revolves. Uh, you know, there's a couple of institutions. I think the, the university being one, Mediclinic being, being another, but Remgro certainly is the pater familias of, of Stellenbosch business. Um, you know, they, uh, the, 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 the people that work for Remgro are extremely loyal to the company, very loyal to Johan Rupert, very loyal to the Rupert name. Um, and, and he certainly does wield a lot of influence, but, um, there's no formal grouping. There's no formal arrangement. You know, what you've got are a number of very high profile, high net worth individuals 
who go for lunch every Friday at uh, uh, every every other Friday at Decameron on the top of Plain Street. And you know, if uh, if there's a if there's a business deal in the offing, if there's a a new investment to do, you know, what better way to do it than to uh, chummy up with your old pals from uh, Rand Merchant Bank or PSG or wherever. One 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 fund manager once sent me said to me the secret of Stellenbosch is they invite each other to parties that the rest of us don't get invited to. <laughs> so is there one mafia? Many mafias? Many godfathers? Or many mafias? Many godfathers? Many groupings? And and many ways to try and ent- get access to the mafia? And uh, you referred to to Marcus Joester earlier. You know he. Uh, you know I gather from 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 the people that knew him best, uh, the people that are members of the mafia that he desperately wanted to be part of that group he he came from pretoria so he wasn't a stellenbosch original he studied there but you know it, it doesn't matter if you start study there or if you went to school there if you weren't born in stellenbosch you'll always be an incomer and he wanted he, he wanted to shed that tag and the best way to do it was through the rugby club and uh sponsoring the rugby club and uh sponsoring, sponsoring a uh, sponsoring the the seven Springboks and sponsoring a a hundred year commemoration of Dr. Danny Craven and you know getting your color your honors jacket from the from the Stellenbosch Rugby Club and that was a way for him to try and ingratiate himself with society or Stellenbosch society and uh, that didn't turn out so well. But it's, it's clearly a very closed club, um, and it's if it, if it's if it's not a if it's not a bond. Um, it's a club. If it's not a club, yes. it's a mafia. But it, it it's a closed society, if you like. It is. It is a closed society, and it's a society which, 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 which is is very guarded. You know, it, it guards its interests very jealously. Um, it's it's not it's not that open to to incomers, to people from the outside. It takes you very long uh, to get access to those networks, and then to to retain the 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 the, the access is difficult because you have to bring something to the party. Um, so 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 they're very very. You know, I don't want to use the word secretive, but they're very guarded about what mm. uh, how they operate and, and 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 how they go about things. But they but. They lead a very good and a very charmed life uh, between those cobalt blue mountains, Bruce. There's only one rule about Stellenbosch Mafia Club. Nobody talks about Stellenbosch Mafia <laughs> Club. Except Peter Dutoy, who's been doing precisely that this evening. It's a marvelous new book, The Stellenbosch Mafia Inside the Billionaires Club. He's had some great access and told some good stories and some really interesting connecting of the dots. Thank you for sharing Peter Dutoy this evening on The Money Show.